Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're talking about hash tables. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world, through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's start right at the very, very tippy top. What is a hash table? Mm. Well, a hash table is actually, it's a data structure, but it is actually uh, two little moving parts working together at once. It's, It's very cool because the two parts that make up a hash table are things that we actually know, we're familiar with. A hash table has one part where you can contain data because mm-hmm. it is a data structure, it holds data, and that is an array. Ooh, I know those. know and love. Yeah. yeah. Good old arrays. So that's one distinct part of a hash table. And then the other part is something called a hash function. And it's very closely related to the array. So a hash table is a combination of an array structure and a hash function. Okay. So arrays, we know. We've dealt with those before. Those are pretty cool. This hash function thingy, however... uh, New kid on the block. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Well, also just this idea that a data structure has a function attached to it is is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I don't think we've encountered that before, have we? No, we haven't. Yeah, this is yeah, totally new. Yeah. So why... I, just, I just threw it in there. I was yeah. like, yeah, it's a function. Why are you surprised? And you're like, wait, wait. <laughs> we've never done that before. So why, you know, we've done arrays before. Why do we need a function to come with our array? So as I mentioned, the array holds the data. It's going to hold our data as as it is a data structure. But the interesting thing about hash tables is you don't just put data in there willy-nilly. And that's where this hash function comes in. And actually, as a quick aside, we know arrays and hash functions are new, but they're actually just algorithms. Here's just yet another algorithm mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Some more algorithms and a little algorithm right on top for you. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I digress. I guess where I was going with this is that 
we do need an array to contain the data. And because we can't just put data in willy-nilly, because this is a hash table that we're dealing with, it's very sophisticated, we need the hash function to tell us where our data is going to go. We use the hash function to more or less determine where our data lives. We know it will live in the array, but where in the array? Well, that's a question that only the hash function can answer. So I have this array where I just stick things at the end, right? I start at zero. If one is open, I put it at one. Next thing is two. Two is open, put it at two, and so on and so forth. So pretty simple, pretty straightforward data inputting process. Why do I need a whole algorithm to tell me where to put stuff? Well, before I even get into the answer about why you need an algorithm, I just want to ask you, like, say you have this array and then one day, you know, you put it away and you don't really think about it. And then later on, you're just like, oh, wait, I need something from my array. Mm -hmm. What's your plan? Well, okay, so. How are you going to find it? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like whatever my answer is, is not the right answer. But, um, well, if it was a regular array, I I guess I would kind of only have one way to really do it. I'd have to start at the beginning, right? Assuming I don't know its index, I don't know where it's located. If I was finding it, I'd start from zero and just work my way up. Yeah. You you pretty much just have to search through the array. And this is actually true for another uh, data structure called a linked list, which we've talked about in previous mm-hmm. seasons. If you don't know the index and you are just like, I'm going to iterate through until I find the thing that is, you know, the thing that I want. Now you're searching through everything to look for one item. And there's actually a big old notation term that we use for that. Uh, do you remember mm. what that is? Okay. So big O notation, we talked about how it is looking at the worst case scenario that might happen. Mm-hmm. So if I have an array, I know I have to go through every single one until I get to the one I'm looking for. The worst case scenario is that it's the very last thing I put in because I'm starting at the beginning. So my big O notation would be N? Yes, it would be O of N. Um, O of N, yeah. So where we could say N is the number of items in your array. And if you didn't have any order to them, you just put them all in willy-nilly, then it would take O of N time in the worst case to look through everything to find the item you want, which just happens to be at the end. Okay, so if I have, I'm trying to think of, you know, the last array that I wrote or or dealt with. Mm -hmm. It's not that many items, you know, maybe it's like five or six things. I got my list of pizza toppings. I don't, I can't remember last time I had pizza. I don't know why I said that one. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, it's just my my little fun list. But I feel like when we're talking about it being a problem that, you know, that um, O of N being an issue, we're talking about like if we have like a million things. Yeah. Then that would probably really suck. Yeah. It doesn't scale very well. Like the more things you yeah. have, like it's going to get as annoying as your list grows, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Big O notation. How more annoying pizza is this going to be? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So that problem is supposedly solved by this new element thingy called the hash function. So how does the hash function help us deal with huge data sets where I have a million pizza toppings? Well, the hash function basically helps us create a little bit of a mapping. And so what I mean by that is it helps us 
take out the logic of deciding where to put items into the array. So instead of us just being like, well, I guess I'll just put it at the end. Uh, I'll just stick it in there. And then mm-hmm. I don't really have order, an order to this. So hopefully I'm not looking for the last thing. <laughs> Good luck, future me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, is really trying to make that uh, part of dealing with a large data set or even just a small mm-hmm. data set that much easier. So what a hash mm-hmm. function does when you couple it with an array, it takes any type of input. So let's just say it's an array of various items, your pizza topping, for example. Mm-hmm. It takes an input and let's say for now it's magic. Um, it's not magic, but let's just say right now it's magical. I'm cool with some magic. Yeah. yeah. Let's add some sprinkles in there. Uh, the hash <laughs> function just magically takes in this input, takes in your pizza topping, and it's like, I'm going to tell you where to put it. And you just listen to me. And wherever I tell you to put it, you go put it there. Mm. And that's basically what the hash function's job is. It's Its job is to calculate where that item, where your pizza topping should live inside the hash table, which is just your array. And it tells you, this is where you should go put this pizza topping. I have determined this is where it should live. And the hash function is actually helping you out because it's magic, um, which is really just an algorithm, is mm-hmm. that it's determining where's the best place for this item to live in the array so that it's evenly distributed and it's kind of like randomly put into places that you can quickly go retrieve them later without having to iterate through the whole array. Wait, but how how does it telling me where to put things help me get it out faster? Ah, well... Your hash function is the magical thing that told you where to put something Mm -hmm. in the array. So it is also the magical thing that will know where everything is in respect to your array. Ah. So that means if you're kind of offloading the work of deciding where to put the item in your array to the hash function, then you can also just lean on the hash function and be like, hey, I don't know where I put this thing. I forgot. It was a while ago. Can you tell me where it is? Mm. And it's like this little machine that's like, no worries. I know where it is. You told me you wanted pepperoni. I told you where to put the pepperoni when you put it in. Now I'll tell you where the pepperoni lives because I know how to figure it out because I have this little magical Mm. algorithm inside of me. Okay, cool. So it's like it has the secret key to figure out where on the topping shelf i'm trying to do this pizza thing it's, it's getting um but it, but it is right it's kind of like okay if i have you know a, a fridge full of all these pizza options and i say like i'm not just gonna stick I like this uh, metaphor that's good right <laughs> See, I, I wasn't sure it was gonna work out but fridge. i'm kind of excited great um fridge right yeah and, and i'm like i don't know where to put this pizza topping if you leave it up to me i'll just stick pizza toppings on the end mm-hmm. And then later on, I have to go through every single part of the fridge to it's figure out where I put that pizza top. You're going to forget about the basil, man. I know it's going to go bad. And you'll be like, oh, forget the so basil. Expensive. Anyways. It is. <laughs> it is expensive. <laughs> and so instead, I'm saying, hey, fridge operator, my, which is my hash function, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to give you this pepperoni. You figure out where to put it. Mm-hmm. And then the fridge operator is like, don't worry. I got you. I'm going to put this pepperoni somewhere safe. I got you. And I don't even know where it is, and I don't really care, but when it's time for me to get that awesome pepperoni, then I can say, hey, fridge operator, where is it? And it uses its whatever little magical system thingy to go find it much quicker than it would for me to go through the fridge myself and try and find it. Exactly. Is that the idea? Yes. 
That's that's a great yeah, that's a great Neat. way of summarizing like hashing functions. And that's Neat. that's the important bit. It's not just you and the fridge, it's you and the fridge, the array, and the fridge operator, mm-hmm. the hashing function. Yeah. And that's a hash table. Okay, so where is it putting my pepperoni? That'd be a good title for this episode, by the way. Where's my pepperoni? <laughs> um, but, but where is it putting it? Is it at an index? Is it, I'm assuming it's not a fridge shelf. <laughs> well, you could imagine like where? You could imagine the fridge yeah. shelves are labeled as indexes or indices. Oh. And it is just putting it into a, a little slot in the array, which are often called buckets, hash buckets. Um, oh, okay. So you could imagine a, there's a bucket in your fridge and you put the pepperoni in there and you don't know which bucket it's in, but you know one of them has the pepperoni. You just ask the operator for it later. Okay, so that makes sense. So again, if we talk about this fridge idea, then it's kind of like, okay, I have this pepperoni and then my fridge operator says, well, pepperoni goes in my meat bucket. You know, mm-hmm. I put it in my meat toppings bucket. Whereas if I gave it basil, it would say, okay, this is going to go in the herbs bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I have, what's the type of cheese? Mozzarella. <laughs> Then it'll go with, I was like, cheese. I was like, if I have a cheese, it'll go in my cheese bucket. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> if I have mozzarella, then it'll go in my cheese bucket. Yep. That's, that is a great, Ooh. we can just keep going with this pizza metaphor. But I actually think we should do an example uh, okay. to kind of demystify the magic of the hashing algorithm. Right. That fridge operator. Maybe without pizza, because I'm afraid everybody's going to think it's it? about pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you can use hashing algorithms for not pizza, too. <laughs> okay, what should we use? Uh, let's go with books. Okay. Because they also live on shelves. You know, That's true. Hopefully not in your fridge. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could put a book in the freezer. I like wanted. to keep my books nice and fresh <laughs> so, for consumption. <laughs> Hash tables, they're everywhere as mm-hmm. long as you have a shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like we could walk through a really quick example where we have a bunch of books and we're like, oh, I don't really know how to organize them, but I'm going to use a hash function and uh, I'm going to figure out where to put them on the shelf. And we can just say like there's like shelf one and shelf two. Actually, uh, this is computer science. So let's do zero index shelf. Okay. We have 12 shelves. Okay. They start with zero. Mm-hmm. It starts with zero and they go all the way up till 11. So which cool. means we actually have 12 shelves between zero and 11. Mm-hmm. And those are our hash buckets. And one of the interesting terms, the kind of technical terms that you might run into when you're dealing with hash uh, tables is that you sometimes create hash algorithms uh, based on a table size. And a table size is just how many buckets it has. Mm. So for our example, we could say that our hash table size is 12 because we have 12 buckets. Okay. We're going to kind of dive into what this hashing algorithm would do. And let's say it's a pretty simple one. And all this hashing algorithm is going to do is it's going to count up the number of letters, the number of characters actually, Mm -hmm. in the title of whatever book we give it. Okay. And it's just going to divide it by the hash table size, which is 12. And then whatever the remainder is, that's going to be the hash bucket for that book. Cool. So we're just dividing and looking at the remainder and the remainder is exactly where we go put the book. Not we actually, the hash function. Yes. I'm so excited. What's the book title? The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I haven't read that in a while. I read it oh, it's back been in, so long. Did you see the movie? In. I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of a ridiculous premise. The one with Leo? Yeah. Like he oh, did yeah. this whole, okay, I don't want to ruin the ending for people. That's oh, okay. We'll just, we'll just move on. <laughs> watch, 
pause this episode, watch the movie, come back, and you will wonder why we told you to do that because it actually has nothing to do with hash functions, just for your own edification. Anyways, um, so The Great Gatsby, I think there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. No, twelve. Crap, One, I need to two, look at the blog post. Four, five, six, <laughs> it's seven, fourteen. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen non white character. No, that's not. I was gonna say non white characters. <laughs> 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 that does sound like the movie though. <laughs> I don't think there are any people. Were Anyways, there any non white characters? <laughs> God, this episode got political. Um yeah. <laughs> non white space characters, yes. right? The Great okay. Gatsby has fourteen characters in it. We're not even concerned with the characters. We're just going to take this book and say, hey, hash function, figure out where to put this. Just mm-hmm. go put it there. And when I ask you later, you tell me where it is. So the hash function is going to say, okay, my input is this book title. Mm-hmm. I'm going to count up the letters. 14. There's 14 characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to divide it by the size of the table, yep, hash 12. table, which is 12. Mm-hmm. 14 divided by 12 gives us a remainder of two. Yes. And so the hash function is like, all right, two. You go live in bucket two. Okay. And the Great Gatsby is gone. It's been hashed over Done. there. It's been ah. hashed. Oh, my God. That's the episode <laughs> title. <laughs> um, okay. But, you know, what's what's a hash table without with only one thing, right? you got to have that's like, at least two gotta things. got to hash them all. Um, huh. Hash them all. That's it. good. So Nailed many good it. titles. Nailed it. Um, so <laughs> another book title. Let's say The Sound and the Fury. Okay. That has six, no, 18 characters. It has 18 characters, and I think it's 18. Yep, 18. But I can hear you counting. No. (laughs) 18. Yes. And 18 divided by 12, our hashing function will figure out, is gives you a remainder of six. Okay. And so it goes and puts the sound in the fury into bucket six. Bucket six. And that's all fine, except Uh now I'm going to put in another book. Oh, snap. And it's another author. We, we've had like a Fitzgerald and then we had Faulkner and now let's do some Hemingway. Ooh. Now, there's a book by Hemingway called The Old Man and the Sea and mm. just just for kicks, it also happens to have 18 characters. One, two, now, three, four, the hash function is like, oh, there are 18 characters in this title. 18 divided by 12 is six. It goes to put the book at six, except now there is already something at book six. We at, already at have a six. six. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We just put the sound and the fury into there. Can we do that? And now we have, well, this is what is called a collision, <gasps> where we have, have two items dum, dum, that dum. should live in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. And now our hash function has to figure out what to do because it already put something in. There is something yeah. there. And there's not really space to put something else right now the way that our hash table is built. And for what it's worth, this collision sounds really scary, but it's actually pretty common. It like mm-hmm. it occurs whenever there are two elements that are supposed to be inserted into the same place in an array or inside of the hash table. So this is actually okay. And the reason it's okay is because if there were no collisions, that would mm-hmm. mean that our fridge is infinitely large and like it's not that's just not reasonable. It's just like too That's big. That's true. You know? Because if there were no collisions, then we would only be able to have 12 books. Yes. Or you would be having a shelf or, you know, like a or a fridge or whatever. You'd have buckets that are like infinitely large. And then you're back in the same problem where you have an array, basically. 
Mm-hmm. It hasn't solved anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though a collision sounds like it's a really bad thing, it's actually pretty normal. And it actually tells us something about our hash function, which hmm. is that no hash function is always going to return a unique hash bucket value because that means oh. it would be generating a new unique index every time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, mm-hmm. hash functions will pretty much always input multiple elements into some bucket at some oh. point. Okay. That's different from regular arrays. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have multiple things in one bucket. Yeah. But there is something that's important to note is that you don't want too many things in one bucket. Mm. You want your buckets to be pretty evenly distributed. And that's where the algorithm aspect of a hashing function really comes in. Um, and we won't talk about that too much. But but why why is it important that it's equally distributed? Like what happens if I have one bucket, that, like like my meat bucket, right? Everyone loves mm-hmm. meat, except for, I guess, people who don't like meat. But for everyone else, you know, I want to have like all the different types of pepperonis and all the different types of sausages. So what's wrong with maxing out my bucket? Well, if you have too much of your data in one bucket, now imagine that you get to that bucket and you're like, well, I have 55 different types of meat and only two types of cheese and herbs. Now, if you want to search for one specific type of meat, you're now back at the same problem where all your data or the majority of your data is in one bucket. And to find something, you still are going to have a whole bunch of stuff to search through. And so you don't ever want to end up in the situation where you're searching through a whole data set in Mm. one bucket because Mm. that doesn't really solve the problem of even distribution so that you can avoid like linear search through a data set. Okay, so what we're saying is our fridge operator, our hash function helps us better efficiently get to an index so that we can start, you know, at the last index, if that's where it is, or the middle index. But once I'm at that index, therefore I'm like dealing with one particular hash bucket, within a bucket, I still have to go linearly. So I'm still going from the very beginning and checking out each one, each item in a row to find the one that I'm ultimately looking for. Yeah. And so you, ideally, when you create a hash table with a hash function, you don't overwhelm any bucket Mm. so that you don't end up with that problem. You really want an even distribution because, and this actually is a great segue into why uh, hash buckets or hash functions and hash tables are so speedy. They give us this easy access to one place and you're not you're you're pretty much guaranteed that it's going to take the same amount of time to get to any bucket because once mm. you know which bucket to go to, you're like, oh, I can go directly to bucket 10. I can go directly to bucket 2. That gives us constant time to mm. find the item at or items at that bucket. So if you use a hash table and then you've got 15 things in one bucket and everything else has only one or two items in the other buckets, now you've got one bucket where you're like, well, anytime I look at something in this bucket – I'm going to have to search through it and it doesn't really yeah. solve my problem. I'm back at linear search, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. O of N. So to put it in the perspective of big O notation, you really want to leverage the power of a hash table and its hashing function to give you constant time when mm-hmm. it comes to retrieving things um, or inserting things into a hash table or searching for them when you need them in a certain moment. So does that mean that in a particular bucket there's a – maximum number of things that I want in order to really get the advantages of using a hash table? Yeah. And I I think that probably differs based on the size of your data and Mm. the way that you handle collisions. Because I Mm. did mention that 
collisions are normal, which means that everybody who's dealing with hash tables must have thought about what to do, right? That's true, when there's, yeah. I, I never really answer the question of when you have two books that go into bucket six, what do you do? I just said. You're so sneaky. You didn't answer that question. That's right. I know. I didn't. But oh, next man. episode, we'll we'll get into what you do because okay. we okay. we kind of left our poor hash function, you know, stumped. Yeah. But what you have to do is when you deal with hash hash tables, you have to make your hash functions smart enough to be able to handle a collision. Mm. And that's called resolving a collision, mm-hmm. collision resolution, because every hash function needs to know what to do in that situation. And you can kind of handle it differently. But mm. sometimes you'll be like, okay, when you, you can have up to three items. So once you have three items, maybe re, rehash or redistribute or figure mm-hmm. out how to fix this bucket that's overflowing, get a new bucket or move to the next bucket or add some small buckets. We'll get into that in a future episode, but that's a little bit of foreshadowing about yeah. how many buckets you could have in your fridge. Huh. Very cool. So next week, we're going to figure out what to do with those collisions. But for today, that's the end of the show. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahee's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vidahi, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. That was good. I like that one. That was fun.